know, a couple of years ago, uh, my family and I, we went to Gulf Shores, Alabama to the beach. And it was, it was a lot of fun. We had a blast on the beach just getting into the water. I think the team has a picture or two uh, they'll show you here. Just, man, they had a blast, had so much fun just getting in the water. And my, my favorite part of, of the beach is sitting in a chair with an umbrella on me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's, 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 that's your boy right there. Yeah, that's your pastor right there. I, I like to sit in a chair with an umbrella over me, and I love to hear just the waves and look at the scenery and the beauty of the ocean, and it was such a great time. And, and on the beach, there's usually a flagpole to let you know how safe it is to go into the water and and they have these flagpole poles and and you, you, you'll notice they'll have like it'll be green and green green is low hazard it's kind of calm conditions and and then there's yellow that's medium hazard it's kind of light surf a little, little current out there and then there's purple it's marine pest it's kind of a little dangerous out there because maybe jellyfish or stingrays out there a little dangerous and and then there's red and red is high hazard, rough conditions. And if you look on the beach, sometimes they'll even have double red. And that is the water's closed for public use. It's dangerous out there. Don't go in that water. You see, the flags serve as a warning system to let you know how safe it is to get into the water. And sometimes there's a, a red flag or a double red flags. And there, there are people who, who would just ignore the flags, and they go into the water anyways and put themselves at risk. And there have been people that have gotten into those kinds of waters, those red or double red flags that, 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 that the beach has up, and they end up injuring themselves. And there are people who have even lost their lives because they ignored the flags. And the Bible gives us relationship flags. Relationships aren't working properly because people ignore the flags. Married couples ignore the flags. Parents and children ignore the flags. I see people in friendships that ignore the flags. At work and with authority, people ignore the flags. People date and ignore the flags. And today, let me share one of the relationship flags in the Bible. We're going to look at more relationships and more principles as the weeks go on. But let me share one relationship flag in the Bible. Romans 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, Scripture says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Because if you do marriage like the world does, your marriage is in trouble. If you do parenting like the world does, you and your children are in trouble. If you do friendship like the world does, your friendships are in trouble. If you handle toxic people and communication like the world does, your relationships are in trouble. If you do dating like the world does, you're in serious trouble. Let me clue you in on something. 
Society has an idea of what your relationship should look like. Hollywood has an idea of what your relationships should look like. Social media will give you an idea of what your relationship should look like. And you have to know this. God has a plan for your relationships, and so does the devil. And the enemy will do anything that he can to keep you from experiencing all God has for you. And I want to teach you what the word says instead of what the world says. And as we look at relationships today, specifically dating, I want to help everyone get better. Here's the goal in every message of this series. We're all going to get better together. Now, let me say something right now, because I realize some of you aren't in a dating season and you may be tempted to tune me out. Please don't tune me out. That's some of our problems because you have kids who are dating. You have grandkids who are dating. You have kids or grandkids who will one day be dating. You, you have grandkids, a niece or, or a nephew or a friend, and, and, and they're dating right now, and they need guidance. You're looking at them, and it, it's a mess. Their, their life, they're dating. They're, it's not going well, and they need wisdom on how to do dating better. And church, let me say this. If you and I don't take responsibility to teach people the words way, they're going to do it the world. The, the, the words way, they're going to do it the world's way. And the world's way is not working very well. Can I get a good amen on that? And so we've got to learn the, world, the words way, and we've got to take responsibility for our kids and, and, for, and for our grandkids and for our nieces and for our nephew and people that we have influence over that we can help teach them the words way instead of the world's way. Let me give you four ways of the world. I just want to highlight these. To begin this message, four ways of the world. If you copy the world's way, you're going to get the world's results. And the first is this. If, you, if you're not dating, something is wrong with you. The world makes you feel like a loser if you're not dating. And I've come to declare today there's nothing wrong with you if you're not dating. But Paul talks about the gift of singleness in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 38. He says, so then, he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. Paul says singleness is awesome. It's amazing because you can give yourself fully to the Lord. Marriage is also awesome. Marriage is also amazing, but us married folks, we give ourselves to the Lord and to our spouse. And so the world wants you to feel like your singleness is a problem. And the world will make you feel like the more people you date, the more you are cool, the more you are respected, the more important you are. And people love, we love, people love to ask, you got a boyfriend? You got a girlfriend? Hey, hey, you got a boyfriend yet? You got a girlfriend? Who you dating? You kissed anybody yet? There's seven. Leave them alone. They're 13 years old. 
Like, why are you always asking them every time you see them? Do they have a boyfriend? Do they have a girlfriend? It's like, like something's wrong with you if you don't have a boyfriend, if you don't have a girlfriend. And I just want you to know that being single is a great blessing. There's nothing wrong with you if you're single. There's nothing wrong with you if you choose to remain single. You need to flourish in your singleness. And I know one day that some of you want to be married, and it's a great blessing. Tiffany and I have been married for 25 plus years. But, but, but you can be happy, and you can thrive in a single season. You don't need a man or a woman to make you happy. I ought to pause right there, and all the single folks ought to say amen right there. You don't need a man or a woman to make you happy. And when you decide to date, keep in mind that dating is hard. It's a good thing. But it's hard. According to Pew Research, 47% of all Americans say dating is harder today than it was 10 years ago. Among those who say dating is harder today, 21% think it's, it's because of increased risk, including physical risk as well as risk of getting scammed or lied to. Other reasons people think dating is harder include technology and how dating has become more impersonal. I think about, obviously, it's been longer than 10 years ago when I was dating. It's been over two decades ago when I was dating, and dating is much harder today. Back in the day, you know, you couldn't text nobody to ask them out. Now, rejection was at a high cost. Huh? Today, you just text, hey, you want to go out? No, I'm just, I'm busy. No, you were straight face to face. You know what I'm saying? You want to you go on a date? You know, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was different back then. Back in the day, you didn't talk on the phone in your, in your room, on your cell phone. You didn't want no FaceTime. No. And who remembers this? You talked on the phone. There were two or three phones in your home. And you picked up the phone. You dialed the number. And you hope your daddy and mama didn't pick up. Who knows what I'm talking about, huh? Come on. You, you're talking. Hey, hey, girl, hold on. Hold on real quick. Hold on. Hold, hold, I'll be right back. And you go check out the house, make sure daddy and mama, you kind of go look at who, They're away from the phone, right? right. It's, it's a different day. Back in the day, you know, people had glamour pictures. You know what I mean? Glamour shots. But, but you usually get them in person. You know what I'm saying? Now today, social media, you, you ever seen somebody's social media pitch? picture and you you see their picture you see their profile and then you see them in person you're like that ain't you my brother that's not you my sister I don't know what you did in that picture it's tough out here in these dating streets today it's, it's different it's different the world's way the world's way says dating someone is going to make me whole in the movie, some of you have, may have seen it, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise says, you complete me. And this is the messaging of Hollywood. You will never be complete unless you find Mr. or Mrs. Wright. But, but you complete me is dangerous because it implies you are less of a person on your own. It creates an expectation that you will find someone who will fulfill all your needs, who will heal all your wounds, who will make you all so happy. And wrong relationship expectations lead to crazy relationship frustrations because finding Mr. or Mrs. Wright will not complete you.
it will expose you. It will expose your baggage, your insecurities, your unhealth. And when you believe some person is going to complete you, you don't deal with the junk before you start dating or before you get married. Because you think, you think, well, if I meet the right person, it's going, it's going to help me with all of my problems. They're, they're going to complete me. No, they're not, they're not going to complete you. They're not going to fix you. They're not going to make you whole. No one can complete you. Only God can do that. Only God can. So you have to allow God to complete you, God to heal you, God to make you whole. You got to allow God to deal with your emotional baggage, your past relationship baggage. You got to let God deal with your childhood baggage, your past hurts baggage. You got to allow God to deal with your lack of trust baggage, your financial baggage, your addictions baggage, because your undealt with baggage and unhealed heart will only be magnified in a relationship. It won't be fixed. It won't be cured. So you got to do business with God now because no one can complete you except the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you the world's way. Number three, dating is purely for fun. And first of all, let me say this. Dating should be fun. You should enjoy time with the people that you date. But, but the world says dating is just all about fun. Just have fun. Just have a good time. And if you have the wrong definition of dating, you will end up with the wrong outcome. See, when dating is purely for fun, you date people who are not Christ followers. When, when, when you follow the world's way, you just date just whoever's fun. You just, you just go out with whomever. You just get on the dating app and go out with whoever just might be fun. Just, just want to have a good time. And the world's way is not the word's way. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, with those who don't know Jesus. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? God says you don't just date anybody. I want to help you. I want to equip some parents. I want to equip some grandparents. I want to talk to some teenagers and, and some young adults right now. You, you just don't date anybody. You want to date a Christ follower. You want to go out with somebody who's on fire with Jesus. It's not just all about fun. You need some guidelines because the ultimate goal of dating is to find the right person to marry to spend the rest of your life with. So, so, so when you're dating Purely for fun, here's what the world would say. You engage in sex. Boy, it's quiet in this church today. Ah, yeah, it's quiet today. I want to help you today. The world says, it's just, just have fun. Do whatever feels good. Just have sex. Have a good time. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. But it's really not your thing to do whatever you want to do with. Because your Bible says, the word says, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So scripture says, if you are a Christ follower, you don't belong to you, you belong to God. So, so you don't do things the world's way, you do things God's way. You have to find out what does God say about sex and then do things God's way. And sex is a, is a great gift that God created. It's a beautiful blessing in a marriage 
relationship. Outside of the marriage relationship, it's messy and dangerous. Just like fire is meant for the fireplace. The fire gets out the fireplace onto the carpet. It's dangerous and destructive. The water is meant for the ocean. And when that ocean water has a hurricane and it rushes onto the land, it's devastating, it's damaging. The car is meant for the road. And we have seen people drive their car onto a sidewalk and people lose their lives. They're injured and damaged. And sex is meant for marriage. And outside of marriage, it's messy and it's dangerous. And that's why the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 18, flee. Come on, every location, shout flee. flee. Yeah, you didn't shout. Come on, shout flee. flee. Yeah, yeah, I want you to see flee or, or run from sexual immorality. All other, all other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. So you don't flee because sex is bad. You flee because, because God's way is best. You don't flee because sex is bad. That's a wonderful gift. You don't flee because sex is bad. You flee because God's way is best. Sex is a wonderful gift, but it's meant for a marriage relationship. And somebody's thinking right now, well, pastor, how far can I go without having sex then? I'm single and I'm kind of wondering. Hadn't heard this kind of teaching before. And I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, pastor. You know, how far can I go? Well, that's the wrong question. I just want to teach you what the word says. The word says, flee so you don't fall. Flee so you don't fall. People fall into having sex because they don't flee. If you don't want to fall, don't dance where it's wet. And some of you... Yeah, and, that, and, and you keep falling because you're asking the wrong question. The question is not how far can I go. The question is how do I flee so I don't fall? The world's way, the world's way, number four, you overlook the warning signs. The, world way, the world's way will have you ignoring all the warning signs, but God's way will have you paying attention to the warning signs. You will be looking for the fruit of the Spirit or the lack thereof. And church, don't overlook the warning signs. All of you dating, don't overlook the warning signs. Parents, grandparents, teach your children, don't overlook the warning signs. Look for the double red flags. Look for them, the person they describe all their ex-relationships as crazy. Do see some red flags there? They're controlling. Always want to know where you are. Demanding to check your texts and emails and social media. Y'all ain't been together but 30 days. They want you to cut ties with your friends and your family. Red flags. They're constantly talking bad about others. All they care about is money and possessions. They don't attend church. They don't tithe. They, they, they constantly talk about themselves. Just cut you off to talk about themselves. I'm talking about red flags. Don't, don't ignore them. They're always manipulating you. They avoid talking about problems. They just, you know, act like everything's all right. And no, that's a problem right there. Yeah, no, no. It's a, red, it's a red flag. They tell you they love you after the second date. You what? 
They're always trying to change you. They're physically or emotionally dominating you. Their relationship with God is optional. I'm simply saying, don't ignore the red flags. The world will have you ignoring the red flags. I want to now give you four ways of the word. I just gave you four ways of the world. Now I want to give you four ways of the world. I want to equip you. I want to help you. I want to resource you. You got to take responsibility to share this and teach others this. Number one is this. Have a dating plan. If you want to do dating the words away, get a plan. You can't succeed without a dating plan. Psalms chapter 20 verse 4 says, may he give you the desire of your heart and make all, just circle that word, everybody who has a paper Bible, and make all your plans succeed. Failing to plan is planning to fail. You got to have a dating plan. Let me help you right now. A plan for when you will start dating. When will you start? 16, 18. Parents, you got to think about this. You got to be having conversations with your kids are small. You got to be talking about this. After a breakup, maybe you wait six months after a breakup. Just, but, but just when? when? When will you start dating? You got to have a plan. You got to have a plan on who you will date. A plan on who you will date. What qualities are you looking for? You don't just go out with anybody. Christian, what kind of fruit do they have in their life? Just a plan for what kind of person will I go out with? You, you got to have a plan for how you will date. How you will date. You got to have a plan. Well, what's your plan? Maybe you say, I'm going to start off in group settings. Or, or, or where, where, where will I go? We, we will only go to these types of places. Or we're going to be in these public places. We, we, you know, what, what time am I going to be home? You, got, you just got to have a plan. How will you date? You got to have a plan. And you got to have a plan for the physical. A plan for the physical. You got to pre-decide before you get in a dating relationship, pre-decide, you know what, these are my standards, these are my boundaries, now, I'm going to communicate that, I'm not, I'm not going to be doing that or touching like this, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm just not going to, I'm, I'm pre-decided, because if you don't want to fall, don't dance where it's wet. So, so you pre-decide, you got to have a plan, you got to have a plan. Song of Solomon says, chapter 2, verse 7 says, promise me, O woman of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer. Not to awaken love until the time is right. God created all of us with hormones, with feelings. He wants us to enjoy the amazing gift of sex when you are married. But before married, you're, you're, you're married, the scripture says don't awaken love before it's time. Don't, don't waken that stuff up. It's, it's hard. You don't want to do things that will lead to stirring up those desires before the time is right. Remember, the enemy has a plan for your relationships, and so does God. There's the world's way, and then there's the word's way. Let me pause and say this. I want somebody to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this today. If you have been having sex, God is a gracious and a forgiving God. I know this from personal experience. I was not a virgin when I met Tiffany. And I want you to know that God is gracious. He forgives. You can start today and say, you know what, God, I'm going to begin to honor you today. 
I'm, I'm going to begin to live for you today. I'm going to start waiting today because I don't want to do it the world's way. I want to do it the word's way. So starting today, you can begin to honor God. How many of you thank God that he is gracious, that he is forgiving? Come on, I thank God for his grace and his mercy. Where would I be without it? Let's look at the, at, the, at the words way. Number two, the words way. Number two, go slow and get to know. The words way, go slow and get to know. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 through 20 says this. By their fruit, if you have a paper Bible, circle the word you. That's a very key word. By their fruit, you will recognize them. You got to recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears Bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Notice now verse 20. Thus by their fruit, you, if you have a paper Bible, circle that word, you, you, you will recognize them. You need to get to know the person, and you need to recognize the fruit that's in their life, the fruit that's on their tree. You got to get to know the person. And everybody puts forth their best behavior at first. So you got to go slow and get to know. You don't really know someone if you haven't seen them angry. You don't really know them if you hadn't seen them frustrated and scared. If you don't know what makes them happy, if you don't know what makes them angry, if you don't know what makes them frustrated, you don't really know them. If you don't know their strengths and their weaknesses, you don't really know them. If you don't know their fears and their insecurities and, and their baggage, you don't know them. Go slow and get to know. Get to know their friends. Let me give you some tips right here. Smoothly interview their friends. Don't even let them know you, what you're doing. Just get to know their friends. Examine their friends. Ask them questions. Ask them questions about the person you're dating. Because if you show me their friends, I'll show you their future. And if their friends are fools, they're going to be a fool. Proverbs 13, verse 20, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harms. And if they hang out with fools, they're going to be a fool. You got to get to know their friends. Get to know their family. Get to know the fruit of the family. Is their family full of drama? Do they get along with their family? How do they talk about their family? How do they talk to their family? How do they treat their family? Get to know, watch the fruit. Are they rude, hateful, mean, disrespectful, or are they loving, kind, nice, respectful? You've got to get to know the family. Get to know their money management. Find out about their money. Not on the first date. That's weird. How much do you make? You know, this is date number one. What you, why are you asking me that? But if you're going to really get to know somebody, and you're getting serious? You got to know about financial management. How much debt do you have? How much money you got in your bank account? What's your credit score? 250? <laughs> Go slow and get to know. But pastor, I'm getting old. Slow. But pastor, he's got money. Slow. But pastor, she's fine. Slow. But pastor, there aren't any more good ones out there. 
slow. Pastor, I think this person is really, really the one for me. Slow. Pastor, we've been dating two whole months. It's just clicking. Slow. Pastor, I, really, I think I love this person. Slow. Go slow and get to know. You will recognize them, this Bible says, by their fruit. Number three is this, the, the, the words way, the words way, the words way. Focus on becoming the right person, not finding the right person. Let me take you back to Romans chapter 2, the opening. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the opening scripture. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God, here it goes, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Here's the next key word. Then, if you will let God transform you, transform the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you will allow God to transform your thinking and your life, you will find God's will. If you're becoming the right person, you will attract the right person. If you will make your greatest focus to become the right person, God will help you find the right person. What do I do, Pastor? What do I do in my single season? What do I do? Grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, allow God to deal with your baggage. Grow in the word of God. Grow in your faith. Become the right person. Become the right person. Become the right person. Let God change your life. Let God change your thinking. Let God transform your heart to be more like Jesus. Here's number four. We're looking at the words way. The words way. Number four. Surround yourself with wise people. I can't overemphasize this. Surround yourself with wise people. Dating is something that's too important to do all by yourself. And I know that's our culture's way. I just kind of do my own thing. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. Nobody can tell me anything. And I'm telling you, that's not the word's way. When you start dating, you're going to start becoming like the person you're dating. You're going to start thinking how they think. You're going to be influenced by their values. You're going to start giving them some of your heart and some of your emotions. You're going to start giving them your time and your energy. And ultimately, one of the people you date is going to be someone you marry and spend the rest of your life with. Dating is too important to do all by yourself. Scripture says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed in other words you can have a dating plan and it still not work because you did not seek wise and godly counsel you need wise people speaking into your life you need wise and godly people giving you their perspective and and, and their wisdom on this person and on this dating relationship teenagers Young adults, get your parents' wisdom. I know it may not be easy, but get your parents' wisdom. Ask their advice. Ask for their wisdom. If your parents are not serving the Lord, get wisdom from a, a godly married couple. Get other people's voices speaking into your life, into the dating relationship. Seek wisdom. It's dangerous to do dating alone. Get wisdom from wise people and it will save you from a lot of pain. 
God has a plan for your life. And so does the devil. There's the world's way. And there's the word's way. And God's way is always better. Why is dating not working? Because we copy the customs of this world instead of the word. Father, thanks for your word today. Thanks for speaking to us. I thank you that transformation's happening. I thank you that renewing of the mind is happening. I thank you that people are aligning their desires and their will with your will. I thank you that some of us, we did not even know better. We, we just had no clue of what the word said about this area of our life. And I thank you today, Lord, that we are making changes, that we're turning to you. We're turning away from how the world does it. And we're saying, God, we want want your way we want what's best for our lives and so lord we say yes to you and to your will and to your way transform lives in jesus name i pray as eyes are still closed and heads are still bowed there are many of you today that are doing life the world's way you're not just doing dating the world's way you're doing money and you're doing friendship and you're doing habits and you're doing making lifestyle choices the world's way and you find yourself in, in bondage you find yourself trapped you, you find yourself just in in a place of of misery you find yourself in, in just an emptiness in your heart you're like but I'm having so much fun and I'm doing all of this but but I'm still empty on the inside because the world's way will always leave you empty. It's fun for a season, but there's an emptiness that only Jesus can fill. No boyfriend, no girlfriend, no person, no bottle, no pill, no, no relationship, no, no, no money, no job will ever fill that God void in your heart. And today, that's some of you and you need to surrender your life to Jesus. Some of you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. You're trying to search everywhere else. But nobody's going to complete you. Only God can do that. As I count to three, if that's you, you want to surrender your life to Jesus. You want to say yes to him. You want your sins to be forgiven. You want to come back home and rededicate your life to the Lord. As I count to three, would you shoot your hand up high? Today is your day to get right with God. One, two, three. Just lift your hand high. Say, Pastor, that's me today. That's it. I see your hand there. Others today, just lift it high. Pastor, I see your hand there. I see others today. That's it. Others today. Come on, Midwest City, just lift it high. Come on, those of you at our Northwest location, I want you just to raise it high right now. You want God to forgive you of all of your sins. Be right with God. The ladies at Mabel Bassett, those of you at Indianapolis, just raise it high. Right there online, if you'll just click the raise your hand button or right now in the chat line, just write the word yes. Just write yes. And as you write yes, you're just saying yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. I'm going to ask hands that are raised around these locations to pray this prayer with me. Confess this prayer with your mouth. Believe it in your heart, and God's going to wash away your sins. Pray with me right now, Heavenly Father. I thank you for Jesus, that he died on the cross and rose again. And I turn from the world's way, and I turn to your way. And I give you my heart. I give you my life. I confess Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to live my life to please and to honor you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.